brought some lilies this morning and uh, brightened up the front of the church. Don't forget to take them home with you. And uh, if you don't want to take them home, find somebody to take them home and give to. Maybe you got a neighbor or somebody that would enjoy, would enjoy the lilies. So just encourage you to, to do that and to think about somebody you might share them with. You know, we think about today as being Resurrection Sunday and the day we celebrate Jesus' resurrection. I want to look at uh, Peter and how he saw what was going on at this time. You know, there was a lot going on. He had followed Jesus, and they had gone through a lot of things. And, and Peter himself had gone through quite a bit in the fact that uh, Jesus told him that he was going to deny him three times. And I want to look at the account of Peter in Matthew, the 26th chapter, the 69th verse. And it's the account of Peter denying Jesus as he followed in the courtyard as Jesus was being tried. And Peter was kind of, he wanted to see what was going on, but he didn't want to get too close. And it says, now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. But Peter denied it before them all saying, I don't know what you're saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. But again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then Peter began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the words of Jesus, who said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. Peter, and he realized what he had done, and the Bible says he went out and wept bitterly. You know, I think as Peter came to the realization that Jesus told him he was going to deny him, and then Peter realized that he had done what he said he would not do, he realized the condition of his sin and his denying Jesus, you know, that he went out and he wept bitterly. You know, Peter was in a lot of despair during this time. He, a, lot of, a lot of things troubled him. He probably pretty hopeless. You know, not was it only hopeless seeing Jesus, the one who he had followed, now being tried and crucified and, and buried, but then he looked at himself and saw his hopelessness and despair in the midst of all that. So it had to be a pretty, pretty tough time for Peter. You know, one of those times when he wasn't just jumping up and down and, and celebrating Jesus' resurrection like we did today. But he was really looking at life and he's looking at, you know, what was really going on. Looking at his own personal condition. Kind of came to grips with what he really saw in himself. But then, you know, as Peter went through the next events and, and went through the resurrection, Peter wrote um, in the Bible towards the end of the Bible in 1 Peter, one of his first books, he wrote, he wrote these words in 1 Peter 1, 3 to 5. He said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. 
Peter, as he went through these, these stages, and he went through the despair, and he went through all the hopelessness of seeing Jesus die on a cross, once he got to the resurrection, and once he got to seeing Jesus rise from the dead, Peter then says, now we have a living hope. His whole, his whole focus switched from Peter to where his hope really needed to lie. And he says it's our living hope because it's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead that we now have hope. We now have hope. And you know, for us, we need to remember that that's where our hope comes from. That's where our hope comes. You know, when we look at life, we look at ourselves. we don't have a lot to hope for sometimes if we're really honest. If we're really honest. You know, we realize, we realize that in and of ourselves, we're pretty hopeless. You know, when I, when I think that maybe I can hope in myself, my strength, you know, sometimes we think we're strong enough to get it done. You know, this week I was in a situation where I realized I wasn't near as strong as I thought I was. I won't, I'll tell you a little bit about it, but anyway, we had a, I, for those of you who don't know, I've got some Angus cows with Lincoln Rowell. And this week, one heifer decided to calve a great big calf. And in that process, three of us were pulling this calf with a rope tied around me. <laughs> and, and I realized that, you know, in and of myself, I don't have much strength. You know, I don't have much strength. There's always situations, no matter how strong we are, no matter how weak we are, we run into situations where we're not strong enough. We're not strong enough. We'll run into situations where we aren't smart enough. You know, sometimes we can figure things out. We can make things work. I can, I'm always able to find a way until that time when I can't find a way, when I can't figure it out. Sometimes, you know, I can work hard enough. I can, I'll make it happen. And then we realize that I can't work hard enough to make it happen. Or sometimes maybe we put our, our hope in others. We depend on somebody else to be there. And I think we need to be there for one another. But, you know, if we put our hope in somebody else, we're going to be disappointed. Because there's times when they can't be there when I want them to be there. Or when I think they should be there. Or when I think they should do this and this. When I think they ought, to, they ought to take care of this need, help me with this, help me with that. And I, I, I get disappointed because they're not there. They don't do what I think they ought to do when I think they ought to do it. Sometimes, and I think this is, you know, you're all going to probably think, no, not me, but I'm telling you, sometimes we hope in the government. And, you know, it's like, oh, no, I wouldn't hope in the government, my goodness. Well, let me just share with you how we hope in the government. You know, some of us hope the government gets our check there this week or this month. You know, we get a check. We hope that Social Security doesn't go bad. You know, we hope that maybe our disability check comes. We hope our welfare comes. We hope our payments come. We hope we put our trust maybe sometimes in the government more than we realize. I think more people trust the government than you would imagine. And we can joke about, well, it's kind of hopeless, but, you know, we have to be very careful that we don't put our hope there. That's not where our hope is. Peter says that our hope, our hope is in Jesus being raised from the dead. 
He says it's to an inheritance that's incorruptible. Incorruptible, undefiled, that doesn't fade away. You know, the Bible says that the things of this earth, the things that we put our trust in sometimes, what do they do? They fade away. They fade away. We put our trust in stuff sometimes. You know, if we get enough stuff, we'll probably be okay. If I get enough money saved up, I'll be okay. If I get enough put away. But we can't let our hope be in that. Because those things can fade away. Those things can be corrupted. You know, sometimes I say, you know, it's a phenomenon in the United States right now. We have things called storage units to store more stuff than we've ever had before because our houses aren't big enough. What a phenomenon. 40 years ago, would you, could you have sold storage units 40, 50 years ago? Probably not. Probably not. But all of a sudden, we've got more stuff. And maybe sometimes if we're not careful, we can put our hope in our stuff and put our hope that, well, this will take care of me. But we have to remember that our hope needs to be in the Lord because of the resurrection from the dead. Because I want to tell you something, folks. When you get to the place in life when you face death, and, you know, sometimes it's maybe different stages in life, but if you go through a natural course of life and you face death and you're older, I want to tell you something. I've never seen anybody yet that their stuff made a difference. I've never seen anybody that their stuff made a difference. You know, just, just yesterday, I, somebody wanted assurance. Assurance that they were going to be okay. And so we talked and we shared. What makes us okay? What gives me a hope at that point when there's nothing around me to hope for? I can't find hope in anything around me. And sometimes most of that's taken away. Where's my hope? But we have a living hope, an inheritance. And we need to make sure that we put our hope in what the Lord has done. And it's hard sometimes to put our hope in what somebody else has done for us. You know, sometimes we want to think, well, I've done it and I deserve. I've done it, so I should get this reward. And it's very difficult for us to realize that my position is I have messed up completely and I don't deserve. That's really hard for us. It's hard to think that's who we are. That's who we are. We're sinners who have not done what God wanted us to do. We have sinned against him. We have nothing to offer. We have nothing to offer. But we trust in what he has done for us. And so our hope is in him and not in us. Our hope is in him and not what I've done. And what does that hope do for us? What difference does it make? Well, you know, it's a hope that can give me joy in the midst of despair. You know, because my hope is not in my circumstances, and that's such a tough one. Because when my circumstances get to where I don't like what's going on, sometimes I lose hope. Sometimes I look at my circumstances so much that, that I, I can't see much hope. It's not what I wanted. It's not the way I wanted. It's not the way I think it ought to be. And so I don't see any hope in the midst of that. But I believe that when our hope is in what the Lord has done for us, then I think that even though those times are hard, 
Even though those times are difficult, in the midst of those times, we can have joy because our hope is not in ourselves or what we've done. But our hope is in Him. And it sometimes takes a while because for me personally, I can get in situations where I can lose my hope for, for some time and it's like, I don't feel joy. I don't, I don't feel it. But you know what I've noticed? That if I keep reminding myself and remembering where my hope comes from, if I can remember what the Lord has done for me, then my joy is there and will come to where I can recognize it. It'll, it'll come out. It's there. It's there. And I didn't lose it, even though sometimes I feel like I think I've lost my joy. It's still there. It's still there. It's a living hope so that I can have assurance in times of doubt. Assurance in times of doubt. It's a living hope. It's real. It's tangible. I can know it. I can depend upon it when I'm doubting, when I don't. I think, wow. And what I've noticed is when people face death, if they have time to face death, not everybody has time, but if they have time to face death, the thing that we're looking for is assurance. I want to know that I'm okay. I want assurance because I don't see in myself that I could have that assurance, and we can't have it in ourselves. But the living hope gives us assurance in the times of doubt. We have a living hope because Jesus defeated death and the grave for us. And, you know, when we come, we come to Easter and, you know, we talk about hope and putting our hope in him, I want to share with you from 1 Corinthians. You know, somebody might say, well, I don't know. How do you know Jesus rose from the dead? Well, I wasn't there. You know, we do it by faith. And that's true. You know, we do do it by faith, but I find it very comforting in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. The Apostle Paul says these words, begin to third verse. He says, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, according to the Scriptures, that he was seen by Peter, then by the twelve, after that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep or died. And after that, he was seen by James, then all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. I find that really assuring. I'll tell you why. Paul says that there was... The 12 disciples, the disciples, the 11 disciples saw Jesus. He says there was 500 at one time. So all these folks saw Jesus after the resurrection. Now what happened to most of these disciples later on? Most of these disciples later on were put to death for what they believed. Now here's my conclusion. This is my conclusion. I'm not dying for somebody that I think is a fraud. I'm not dying for somebody that I think just pulled one over on everybody. You know, I'm, I'm not dying. These men were willing to die. Why? I believe they were willing to die because they know and they saw Jesus after his resurrection. If they hadn't seen him, if they hadn't known that, I'm not so sure they would have been willing to do that. 
If, if, they, if Jesus said he was going to raise from the dead and nothing ever happened, I think they'd all kind of wandered off and went back home personally. But what we find is these apostles, they turned the world upside down because they saw Jesus, the one who had raised from the dead. And there was no doubt in their mind. And they were willing to die for that. They were willing to die for that. And so I think for us, for us as we think about it, and, and I'm not saying everything is logical and you can figure everything out, and, and I think a lot of times we do have to, by faith, believe and trust and, and follow what God has for us. But what I believe is that as we as Christians live in that living hope, living hope, it's a living hope for today. It's a living hope for today. It's not a hope in something that happened just 2,000 years ago. But it's a living hope for today because now Jesus lives in us. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. I can face tomorrow. Whatever tomorrow is, whatever tomorrow brings, I can face tomorrow because I have that hope. Because I have that hope in what he's done for us. And then later on, in, on down in verse 12, it says, Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection from the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is empty also. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiable. Our hope. If Christ didn't raise from the dead, if he did not raise from the dead, then everything we're doing is futile. Everything we believe is futile because it all hinges on the fact that Christ raised from the dead. If he just went to the cross and died for our sins, that would be great. Anybody theoretically can do that. We can put anybody on a cross and kill them, and they'd be dead. But Christ raised from the dead. He was dead, buried, and resurrection, resurrected. And because he was resurrected from the dead, and because he lives now, we have a living hope. Not just a hope. He says, if in this life we have only hope, I hope so. I hope. Well, I hope that's true. You know, that's not a living hope. That's not a living hope. I hope so. A living hope is one that I know. It's a living hope that gives me faith for today. Faith for tomorrow. It's a living hope that I can depend upon, that I can trust in. It's a living hope that abides in me. It's not something off somewhere, but it abides in me. You know, Jesus said, if I abide in you and you in me, we need that relationship. It's about him being with us and in us and allowing him to work through us. It's that kind of relationship that he wants with us. It's a living hope, a living hope. It's not just a day we remember, but he wants to be a part of our lives. He wants to be a part of our lives in all that we do. He wants to be a part of our lives at work. He wants to be a part of our lives at play. He wants to be a part of our lives all the time, not just 
on Sunday or not just on certain days, but he wants to be a part of us, whatever we're doing. He wants to affect every part of our life, our families, our work, our play. He wants to be a part of all of that so that we can share that living hope with others. Because trust me, when you have a living hope, you're different. You're different. We, we need to realize we're different when we have a living hope. A living hope. Not just hope so, or not hope in other people, or not hope in the government, or hope in ourselves. but we have a living hope in the one who raised the dead, that that makes us different. It makes us different. And people will know that. They'll know that as they see how we live our lives, how we conduct ourselves. So my prayer is, my prayer is that, that we remember where our hope is, where we put our hope, where we put our trust, that it's a living hope. It's not a hope so, but it's a living hope that we can depend upon no matter what we're going through. Let's all pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can celebrate, celebrate you rising from the dead. And Lord, help us never to forget that without the resurrection of the dead, our faith is hopeless. Without the resurrection of the dead, we have nothing to look forward to, only the things of this life. But Lord, since we hope in the resurrection, we have a living hope. Lord, we can now have an inheritance that's uncorruptible, an inheritance that goes on forever as we spend eternity with you. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for your presence with us, Lord. I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that, that has a prayer need or something they want to share with somebody, that, Lord, you'd encourage them to come up and uh, let one of us pray for them, or, or maybe they just find a friend that they came with that they could share with and, and that we could pray for one another. Whatever it is, Lord, help us to remember that our hope is in you because you are the resurrection and you are the life. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You're dismissed and have a great Resurrection Sunday.